from the west to the east. I'm Sherry Christensen from Alberta. And I'm Jake Rose from New Brunswick. Welcome to Embrace the Green. everybody and welcome to episode 56. Uh, Jake is with us tonight and we have our very first three-person episode with a super special guest. We have Roxana Angles with us tonight. Hi Roxana. Hi I'm so excited to be on tonight. Yeah so we finally have ha- covered all the bases with the negative positives crew. <laughs> We've had Mike, we've had Andre, and now we've had you, but we saved the best for last. Oh, I don't know, but it's all good. I'm so excited to be a part of it. I This is going to be so much fun. Thank you for having me. I'm glad you could come. Yeah, thanks for joining us. So uh, maybe you could uh, introduce yourself a little bit for those of you who are not familiar with uh, you? Yeah, I, um, well, I'm an analog shooter. I got into film photography about, let me see, goodness, it's been about three and a half years ago, almost four years. And um, I, I, and the bug bit me hard. I went head first into the rabbit hole of learning everything I could possibly learn about film and I'm still learning for sure. And uh, I started with a little bit of black and white, but then uh, found color very quickly. And I'm really, I love experimental and uh, I like how with film it's just, you have it, I see it as an art form because you have so many different tools in your toolbox with it. So many different textures. It's just so much fun. Um, And uh, before you know it, you know, here I am on the negative positives as a co-host. And it's been a year since I joined them. And that has just been a blast with those guys, too. Has it been a year already? It has been a year. Isn't that crazy? It is. That's insane. That's insane. So um, you mentioned that you prefer color over black and white. Why, why is that? You know, I I like it's hard because I really do love I love both. So, and I love both so much that I even developed a second Instagram for my black and white stuff because I love my color vibe, but then I was missing black and white. So I, I, it's hard because I, I really do love both. I, but I gravitate towards color and I think I gravitate. I just see the world that way. It's like, I think that when I do any sort of landscapes or um, street or anything that is vibrant, I like to find the bright colors. I love Lomachrome Purple. I love pulling, getting those turquoise skies and the deep 
purples and the vibrant purples. Um, I just see things in a surreal tone. But then with black and white, I like skin tones. So when I do portraits or um, anything, I feel like people look better in black and white too. Like whenever there's a, a, a question in my mind, I, I feel like people overall just look better in black and white. But I don't know. I like color with people too. I, I like both. Sherry, Jake, I am like, I, I know. I'm so, I'm the most indecisive. I'll be like, yeah, I love color, only color. Then I'm like, oh, but black and white's so rad. So <laughs> I do well, both. Well, the, the, uh, the good thing is, is that you don't have to choose. Mm-hmm. And I usually, I it's funny because I was just talking on the podcast about how how my question was, how do you choose what films you go and you go shoot with? Because I end up with a purse full of a whole variety of film. Like, <laughs> like, <laughs> <it's> like <laughs> so you need, you need two purses, one for your film and one for your regular stuff. <laughs> right. Exactly. <laughs> like, and here's my two purses with my two cameras. And, uh, <laughs> Yeah. So, um, speaking of of uh, that, uh, what uh, I think Jake had a question about your your favorite Lomo film. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. Yeah. Jake. Yeah. So I was uh, I was taking a look at your Instagram earlier, and I uh, I noticed that you shoot a lot of the uh, the funky Lomo films, like the uh, the Lomo purple. And I'm uh, I'm really quite unfamiliar with the stocks, but I believe there's a turquoise one as well. Gosh, I wish they'd come out with that one, Jake. I might yeah. that you just made my like heart go so sad because I came in too late in the game to pick up any of the Loma Chrome turquoise that they used to have, and uh, okay. that's my like. That is the dream film I would love to try and have never tried. That should be, you know, I'm going to add that to my to my box of questions I ask people is like, what is the one film that you've never been able to try that you would like to try? And that would be mine. That would be, it would be the Loma Chrome Turquoise. It just turns the sky like the peaches and it pulls out all the turquoise it would be so fun to shoot that film but out of the ones that are offered i've shot them all i mean i've tried metropolis and i i really think that metropolis is kind of like um it's it's really made for black and white shooters that want to shoot color i if i could describe it that's how i would describe metropolis and it's so edgy it has like you know it's it has that it's kind of grungy you guys have seen that metropolis haven't you i i did back them on their kickstarter but in 110 and i haven't Mm. shot it yet what i know (laughs) just uh i never got around to it this summer i don't i'm not well, I kind of had a bad summer, so yeah. I didn't shoot much this summer. But uh, next summer, it's it's on ice. 
So I have to ask you concerning the Lomo films, did you ever shoot the Lomo slide film? You know, I did, but I cross-processed it, so I don't think that that really counts. <laughs> I, uh -huh. It counts, but I processed it in C41, and I got those shifts that I love. And I've only really shot, like, a roll of it. So even thinking back, I can't even remember the exact shifts that happened because I've shot so many slide films that way. Mm -hmm. Like, one of my favorite slide films to cross-process is the... Um, the Sensia, which is, of course, discontinued, but the Fuji Sensia is, it just is the coolest to, pro to cross process. So fun. But I haven't had a chance. And, you know, but I'll tell you some of my favorites that Lomography does have is, of course, I, you know, I'm a fan of the Lomochrome Purple. That one I'm diehard. I have a freezer mm -hmm. full of it i love 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 that film it just i love just making everything drip in purples and pinks and turquoise <laughs> yeah that would be an interesting one to shoot uh, i've never had the chance to shoot it but uh it kind of gets that uh the uh what do you call it aerochrome aerochrome yes exactly exactly yeah. Mm -hmm. I, I did, uh, I have shot it. I've sent it to a lab and had it scanned. I've scanned it myself. And I'll tell you, scanning that stuff was not easy. Mm, yeah, I know what you mean, Sherry. I know what you mean. Oh, but the results were good. But after a lot of hair pulling. <laughs> what scanner do you have? I have an Epson V600. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I, I, sh well, I also have a pack on, but I'd shot in 120. So mm -hmm. I had to use the V600. I'm interested, you know, I do have some of it in 35, what the pack on would do to it. Hmm. That'd be interesting. Something yeah. I, yeah. Sorry. Yeah. You should try it. You should try and see what happens with it. Yeah. So, um, have you ever souped any film? Yes. I love souping film. It's so fun. I actually, I keep on meaning to do a tutorial on Instagram on how I soup film because I've had so many different recipes that that's, you know, I think that that will be to come. I have like a good three weeks off coming up. So maybe I'll do like a souping film series on my Insta story. <laughs> Is it yeah, okay? To see that. Yeah. Can how you would go about, I've never done it. How you would go about doing it? Well, sure. Okay. But first it's, it's one of those things that, when you soup film, you really might wreck everything that's on your film. So a word of caution to those who try it. I usually do rolls of film. Like I, I'm kind of intentional when I shoot, knowing that I want to soup it. So I, and I, I know a lot of people who have done portraits with it, but I don't really like it because 
sometimes you get weird spots and it looks like they have some skin disease or something. <laughs> 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 and it's so weird looking. So people are not my favorite unless it's like maybe the backs of them with like their hair, but skins with souping. I've seen people who have done amazing. It's just, you just don't know what you're going to get. So I I kind of shoot for it. And uh, after I'm done shooting and people do it in different ways, people do the souping before shooting and after I do mine after because I'm too worried of wrecking one of my cameras with whatever I put on the film. I don't want to gum anything up and um, so I, I choose, I opt for the after and, um, I make a concoction. I try and think of what is acidic. So, um, thinking of high acidic formulas usually do the most on your film. So, uh, uh one that I really like to do is apple cider vinegar. That one's really cool. Actually, salt water from the ocean is magnificent. I love what salt does to film in film soup. It's so fun. And for some reason, the salt water of the sea, I've tried to do it with just salt from my kitchen. It doesn't quite do the same thing. But when I do it with the ocean, it really, it, it, puts these really cool spots on it and it's really fun but I soak it and at different times sometimes I'll soak the film for like eight hours sometimes longer um, usually about a day and if it's really highly acidic maybe only like a few hours so I just kind of it's all experimental there is no absolute um, science to my own process. <laughs> and then after that, I, um, sit water and I let it soak in water for a good day. Also just getting all this stuff off. Um, after that, I, I put the roll of film in like a cup of rice and I let it sit for a good, it's really dry out here in the desert. So Usually after a week or two weeks, it's fully dry on the inside and you don't want to, you don't want to develop it um, too early because if you've ever tried to, and I home develop too. So if you've ever tried to put film in a film reel while it's wet, it's a nightmare that you never want to do. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so, yeah, you just want to make sure it's all the way dry. And then um, also for any listeners that take it to a lab, ask your lab first. You have to tell them that it's soup because a lot of labs won't um, take souped film because it will ruin. They don't know if it's going to ruin their chemicals. I, I rinse it so well at home that I know it's not going to do anything to mine. But you want to make sure to be honest with your lab um, if you send out your film. Um, because it could wreck other people's film. I don't know, but it's the respectful thing to do. You don't want them mad at you. (laughs) (laughs) And um, after that, I develop it and uh, voila, you see what the results are and how it kind of comes out. 
And sometimes you'll get these crazy color shifts and swirls and spots. And it's really, it, it can really be fun. Photo film art is what I like to say. So uh, what other experimental um, photography do you like to play around with? Um, there's a few things I like to do. Um, there's another process that is a lot of fun. And that actually, I really like it on Lomochrome Purple. And again, I don't use negatives that I'm completely married to that I don't mind wrecking. Uh, if you shoot a lot of film, you know how you get those strips of negatives that you really could care less about. Like there's nothing really spectacular on it. Mm -hmm. uh, <laughs> I have many of those. And yeah, so do I. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm right there with you. Yeah. So what I do is I... Um, I take some of those and I make kind of like it's kind of like souping film but it's after it's already developed um and i'll do like a hot water with dish soap and some a little bit of bleach but you have to be careful with bleach because it just it will eat through your negative really fast so it's really like like 15 seconds um, and then I'll throw some like silica gel on top of it. And it's amazing because the silica gel will pop and it will look like glitter on the Lomochrome film. But mm. what seems to activate it is I think the bleach, but I don't know. I'm not a chemist. I'm seriously just throwing these weird things on it to see what happens. But I have some really far down in my Instagram feed and it's, like these purple, some are kind of like splashes of red and orange. And you'll see how it kind of has that glitter effect. That's that silica that pops on your film because it has so much liquid inside of it. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah, that's something I'm going to have to look up on your page. That sounds very interesting. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's definitely interesting. It's a lot of fun to play around with for sure. Yeah. I definitely have to ask you, how do you think of all these things? <laughs> like, where does this come from? You know, um, some, I have no idea for so many of, I, I just combine such random things, even though I feel like the salt water one came from, uh, Oh my gosh, what's her name? She is, I don't remember her last name, but she is adorable. She's a YouTuber. Her name is Kate. And I think she's from the UK. And she did all of these really cool film soup YouTube um, episodes. She is absolutely adorable. But she did a saltwater one in one of her episodes. And that's where I got that idea from because I loved the results that she got from it. So cool. a little bit of everywhere, lamography.com. Oh my gosh, they have everything on there too. Like Thank if you, you go on, I love lamography and their ideas and what ideas other photographers do. So sometimes I'll be reading something and I'll kind of alter what somebody has already done and kind of put my own spin on it. Right, right. 
So uh, some of this stuff, like you mentioned, you do your own processing. So you probably you're sitting there and you're, I wonder what this would do if I did this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Basically, absolutely. It's uh, it's really like making a concoction of uh, it's like film soup cocktails for your film. <laughs> so, have you have ever had any that you would go, uh, no, I definitely don't want to do that again. Yep, and yep. I think I think the combination that I really did not like, like I said, is I think I did salt water, but salt from my kitchen onto film, but I had taken portraits on it, and like I said, everybody looked like they had a really gross skin disease, so <laughs> I was like, I am never doing that again. That was absolutely awful. <laughs> reptile people oh my god so <laughs> gross I really wanted to like I hated that whole role <laughs> uh, yeah maybe well, not well suited for portraits <laughs> what is it sorry go, go ahead, ahead there Sherry I just said it's good to experiment oh yes it's so fun to experiment and you'll never know what you'll get <laughs> Uh, do you have anything to add in there, Jake? Well, to be honest, I've I've never done anything that adventurous with film. <laughs> <laughs> the, the the extent of my experimentation so far has been, you know, pushing and pulling. But uh, now I'm I'm pretty boring when it comes to my film processes. Well, I think a lot of people, you know, everybody has their own. Um, style and it's I really admire people who are so good at their at the craft of it and you know I think that when I got into it even like three and a half years ago I just and and just so you guys know also just my personality alone is I I like learn something and then I, I get so bored and I move on and I move on and I, it's like I have like film ADD. I can't like, <laughs> you know, <laughs> if you look down my feed, you can see the journey that I'm on with film. It's like, it's definite, it's so apparent at the different pathways I have taken. And uh, I really admire um, people's work that, you know, it's like, you know, people who do like the black and white and are just so there's so many people who are so talented in this field for sure. I really love um, finding other photographers. I love our community actually. It's just the film community is the best ever. Everybody is so supportive of each other. It's like you could just put all of us together, all of us being different shooters and we have so much in common. It's so cool. Yes, yeah, I it's, agree. Uh, it's, yeah, it's really quite amazing that uh, in this day and age we can have a community, you know, that sp spans the globe pretty well. Mm -hmm. Yeah. The it, best. Whoops. It is. It's all over the world, though. It's like I have friends that are like in, you know, the Czech Republic that are shooting film and we talk on Instagram. It's wonderful. And it doesn't seem to matter how old you are or your gender or anything. It's just everybody's all with 
the same thing in mind and it's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. It really is. Uh, it, I love this community for exactly that. You could come from any background and, you know, and it's such a helping community. It's like you throw up a question and you have so many people who just come in and help. Mm -hmm. And you don't get that like snobby, like I'm not helping you because you're going to get better than me. It's like, no, hey, this is what I've tried. Don't do this and do this instead. (laughs) Or the guy who says, why don't you just Google it? Oh my gosh, I can't. (laughs) I hate that. I know. It's like, yeah, I tried that and I didn't get the answer that I needed. Well, it's, it's exactly. nice to be able to uh, to hear people's experiences, you know, rather than reading some random person on the Internet. Exactly. Yes. And, you know, that's something else. It's like I'm a natural. Te- I like to also teach others because I also have my club at the school that I work at. And I teach kids um, how to shoot film and You know, I've also, uh, just because I did that, I also have taught a couple teachers that are there on my campus how to shoot film. And there's just, there's a passion that comes with that. It feels so good to see other people get excited for the hobby that you love so much. It really does, yeah. So maybe that's a good place to uh, take a break and we'll come back and maybe touch some more on that subject that sounds great okay we'll be right back where do you live in the city do you have a house apartment on a rent rent what do you do for a living lots of things where's your office i don't have one how come i don't need one where's your wife don't have one how come it's a long story do you have kids no i don't how come it's an even longer story are you my dad's brother what's your record for consecutive questions asked 38 I'm your dad's brother, all right. You have much more hair in your nose than my dad. How nice of you to notice. And we are back. Um, so I had mentioned uh, your school program, Roxana. Uh, can you tell us a little bit about that and what it's like to teach young people to shoot? Absolutely. Um, I actually, when I started shooting film, I noticed how much it helped my own um, stress and anxiety. And I'm a school counselor at a K-8 school. And uh, I just, I there is just such a spike of both of those with our youth right now and in middle school especially that I thought it would be a good idea to have a film photography club, um, especially with some of my students who were suffering of those things. And um, so I started it. I got so many amazing donations from the community, um, yourself, Sherry included. (laughs) And, um, and I, I started teaching kids how to shoot film and uh, um, that was all like it started. Let me see. It started at the end of the year before last, I think. So it wasn't at the beginning, but then 
Um, we went on through this the beginning of last year and then the pandemic hit and everybody we've still we're still at home right now so before the the before the shutdown i was teaching kids also how to develop film i had it all set up my school was so supportive and it was absolutely amazing and the kids are having so much fun with it i have kids who have gone off to high school now and um i let like two of them keep cameras because they loved their cameras so much. I was like, I can't take your camera. Aww. <laughs> so, uh, you know, and I got so many donations from people that I felt like it was the perfect home, finding homes for these film cameras. It's, it was so perfect. And um, so, yeah, I have high schoolers that are still shooting film. And I hope that it continues. It's been a little difficult nonetheless during the pandemic just because um, teaching them is really hard through a camera. I was just on with one of my kiddos today because we had a club meeting just today, like literally two hours ago. And, um, you know, I was trying to teach him how to get the film out of the camera on a Zoom call. So it was very tricky, but we did it. <laughs> That would be tricky. It's very Definitely. tricky. <laughs> so I think that's that's the hurdle right now. But I, it's not going to be like that forever. Before you know it, we're all going to be back in school and we'll be up and running again. No doubt. So did you actually go back to school in the fall or, or no? No, 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 we have been distance learning schools. So I've been working from home all this year so far. Okay. Yeah. We went back to school in the fall, but we've had a recent spike. So now the high school kids are distance learning until mid-January and they're going to reassess. And the elementary school kids up to grade seven no, grade six. They're still attending school. Okay. Yeah, we're all home. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think um, there's like a very small learning hubs that are like of 10 kids that as long as they have a teacher, but they're kind of like in learning pods. And those are just for the ones that really are, you know, have either like, you know, they struggle learning anyway. And so for the neediest of the kids, we have that. But other than that, everybody else is at home learning. Yeah, this has been so insane. Yes, it's unlike anything ever. <laughs> you know, what's insane, you know, uh, we can send the kid off to school, but we can't have anyone in our house. Yeah, mm. uh, I know. It's <laughs> so strange. It's very strange. I mean, I really, I, I'm thankful that my district is very conservative in sending the kids back just because, you know, we have a lot of teach. It's like you have to also think of the teachers that are there. We have teachers that are at high risk and, you know, it's just, I think it's a tricky thing to navigate for sure. It but, is. I mean, I think that things, you know, there's good news. I, I feel like there's a light at the end of the tunnel. There's more good news in the news lately with it, not with the numbers, but with hopeful vaccines. So hopefully, you know, this will be that year. And then next year, hopefully we'll go back. <laughs> I'm crossing my fingers. 
<laughs> yes. Oh, hopefully yes. sooner rather than later. That's right. That's right. It's yes. It's, it's quite a thing, but you know, we'll have to stay strong. But you know, it's something I always tell the kids is you can't focus on the things you cannot control, but just focus on the things that you can, and you know, you'll you'll be better off in your mental health state with that. Right. Yeah, so with the Zoom learning, are the kids struggling more or, and, yeah. or are they doing okay with it? I think it's half and half. There's some that are not and there's some that are really thriving. Like there's some kids who are absolutely thriving more so than when they were in school. And I think it just takes that personality. And then you have your ones that are struggling, like they have cameras off. They're not doing any of the work and they're like MIA. <laughs> so Aww. it's just, it's a toss up. It's so difficult. And, you know, and as for even with the club, I have, you know, I think I have about 15 or 16 signed up, <clears throat> but only about four to five attend the club meetings on Zoom when I'd have higher turnout when we were on campus. So, right. you know, I mean, that kind of paints a picture of, you know, it's just, it's hard to, it's hard because you're depending on the family so much also. It, it takes, it truly takes a village. Yeah, no, just, just speaking from personal experience, I'm in, I'm in school right now. And I just find it, it's kind, it's kind of tough, you know, when you're in a classroom, I find it much easier to be focused you know when you're at home it's up to you to be on task and and stay motivated you don't have somebody else there doing it for you so yeah it's it's been a bit of a ride but uh you know we're almost at the end of the semester thankfully yes yes and that's what we can look forward to is that you know we'll never forget this year and you know, it, it kind of also reminds us the things that are important to us and, you know, appreciate the, the normalcy of life when it does return to us, you know. Yeah, no, this has been an eye opener for sure. Um, so I guess uh, we should mention that you have written a book. I have, I have, you know, funny things that quarantine does for you. See, good things come out of it sometimes. So the book that I wrote is actually largely based on the work that I've done at school and even with myself, how it has helped me. My book is called An Introduction to Mindfulness Through Photography. And it's basically a six-week guide to reduce stress and anxiety. And I take the reader through, it's kind of like, if I could sum it up, it's kind of like the ABCs of mindfulness. Because mindfulness can get very deep. If you look into the books, some of the books are so thick. It is, it is a topic that once you get in, it is... Um, it's very meaty. It has a lot of meat to it. So, but I wanted to simplify it because I know when I do my readings, sometimes it's, it can be 
difficult to get through something. We, we live in a, a, in a time when we want our information kind of fast anyway. And uh, I, I'm a reader, but I even find myself sometimes wanting to get in and then explore more. And I found that finding mindfulness through photography, it has helped me beat my anxiety. It has brought down my stress because when I take my camera out and I can be so stressed out and especially right now, but when I'm alone with my camera and I'm able to be in the present moment in the here and the now and just immerse myself in that craft and get in touch with nature and and where you're at it's it, it's it centers you and I just basically take the reader through my process of how to learn mindfulness with a camera interesting interesting I think a lot of people actually find that picking up a camera is very stress releasing. Correct. You know, and there's <clears throat> and there's accounts, excuse me. <clears throat> I'm losing my voice now. Um, uh -oh. I know I'm on I'm on Zooms all day long <laughs> with presentations, so excuse my voice. But <clears throat> what I have found and I also do a lot of research, like talking about presentations. Something that I do heavy is I teach kids on how to uh, de-stress, how to self-care, how to uh, um, how to beat things like uh, anxiety and uh, even teenage depression, um, and. Uh, Amongst that, in my research, I kept on coming up to, I kept on finding things I, I, in articles and videos that people would be like, you know, my, my camera saved my life. I saw a TED Talk that was exactly that. It, he was a film shooter and he suffered from depression and he even was thinking about suicide sadly and his camera saved his life his art saved his life he was able to refocus and for any listeners that if you ever experience any of these I urge you to reach out to somebody because it can be so isolating and you can feel so alone and like nobody hears you but I guarantee that there's people out there that love you and will listen to you and you matter. Um, and through this art, you can find your voice. You can see the world in a different lens. Right. Yeah. And it's, it's just, it's, it's a great thing just to be a part of, you know, something like the film community you know, having that creative outlet to be able to share and interact with, you know, people who are interested in the same things. Exactly. It's, it's a way of connecting to others and, um, and connecting with yourself. So Absolutely. it just depends. 
it depends on what type of a shooter you are, you know, because there is also that community aspect. I, uh, before the pandemic, I would go and visit with the beers and camera folks down in San Diego. Um, many of them are dear friends of mine and there's nothing like gathering with that group and, you know, doing a photo walk with them too. <laughs> yeah. No, it's, it's been a while since we've been able to do those sort of things. Yeah, it sure has. It sure has. Right. Um, also, I, speaking of the TED Talk, I watched one one time where there was um, uh, a veteran came home from Afghanistan and he talked about his camera saved his life, just helping relieve the PTSD. Correct. So I, I really do agree with that. I, you know, Sherry, I think that I and I have seen in various different and I think that something to remember about mental health is we have been brought up in a society where everybody kind of cringes back against it. It's like, ooh, don't talk about that. <laughs> That's personal. That is that is off the table. But really, it needs to be talked about because it is just as important as your physical health. We, uh, when we have a toothache, we go to see the dentist. When we break a bone, we go see the doctor. If we're feeling sick, we go get medicine. And it is just the same as that. And, you know, people suffer so much mentally when they go off to war or if they have a traumatic experience. It doesn't even have to be war. People have post-traumatic stress from so many different things that might occur in their life. And it is so important to acknowledge it. And if you don't want to face it alone, finding somebody that will help you with it, because, you know, we're, we're taught to push everything down into it. if you ignored, it, it will just go away, but it sits with you. And, you know, having a hobby like this lets you center also yourself and find your peace within yourself. And there's also that stigma of you don't want anyone to know because they might think something's wrong with you, mm-hmm. you know, and really, it's nothing to be ashamed of. No, it's absolutely not because all that happens is that, and I know in this field, I talk to even, I talk to adults, I talk to teachers, I talk to kids, and I'll tell you, everybody is carrying a very heavy weight and it all looks very very different and it's different things but everybody is carrying around their own uh, it's like a personal backpack full of different rocks and if people talked about it a little bit more and their load would be a little bit lighter and we could share each other's weight (laughs) right right um so I guess we could move along and, um, oh, where, where can we get your book? Oh, on my Instagram, I actually, my Instagram is at Roxana Log, and I have a link tree. So the link is in my bio. 
And uh, in the link tree, you see all of the links to all of the work that I have done also. And the first one is the link to my book. And then after that, you'll see like different articles that I've written or, you know, different things um, with the podcast with the negative positives and all of that. <laughs> right, right. All right. So now we'll move along. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, Jake, you want to bring up um, the gear talk? Yeah, let's uh, let's move on to gear. Uh, so, the first camera that you had, any idea what that was, Roxana? Yes, actually, um, I had a, a Yashica thirty-five. And uh, it was, I think it was, which one was it? It's uh, the Electro, I think. I think it was that one. It was, okay. yeah, it, and I loved that camera. Quite honestly, <sighs> a student has that camera now. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I let a student, and she's now in high school, so I let her have my first camera, but she loved it so much that, and I have such a camera collection now, and I have moved into my new fate. I mean, I have so many favorites, honestly, but my go-to camera now is my Canon A1. Um, I just love it. It's just, it does everything that I want it to do. It has the aesthetic that I love. Um, and if I shoot medium format, I uh, shoot my Mamiya 645 or my Roloflex. And, um, oh, and I love Polaroid too. I have my SX70, so I shoot a lot of different formats. <laughs> Not large yet though. Do you guys shoot any large? No. No, no, it's, uh, it's something I'd love to get into, but uh, at the moment it's, it's out of my budget range, that's for sure. Yeah, same. Yeah, and I develop my own film, so I always feel like it it seems hard. <laughs> I'm like, I, I, that just seems next level that I, I, I don't know how to do that. So I don't even know how would you even scan it. Like, my scanner doesn't scan that. So I, I'm like, it just seems hard. <laughs> it's definitely another layer of complexity. Yeah, I know. I already complicate everything. It's like... Let me do this all by hand. Let me hand make zines. Oh my goodness! I try. I always complicate, and I, I don't think I need to go to that level of, of complicated for myself. <laughs> no, no. So, uh, do you shoot quite a bit of instant film? You know, I I do. I have. I just um, did Policon virtual Policon, and that was so much fun. Um, with all of the different instant shooters and there was like scavenger hunts and all of this fun stuff. Um, yeah, Polaroid's my favorite. I have a little Instax too, and it's great because the price is, um, right. But, and those are the ones I give away and I don't give away my Polaroids. So it's kind of like they each have their own purpose. My Instax, I take of family friends and I give them the picture right away. And then my Polaroids, I keep all of my Polaroids and you can't have them. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, those uh, those stone packs are expensive, aren't they? Yeah, they are. I know. And <laughs> but you know what's funny is I was talking to my mom, and she used to shoot Polaroid, and she was saying she's like they were always expensive. Like it has always been expensive. It was never cheap. Like even when it was out, she was like, I feel like it was still like two dollars or a dollar fifty a. a for a photo. <laughs> no, and I guess that's something that we never really think about because we're so far removed from, you know, that distant past when these things were first introduced. But it's it's the same thing with pretty much every technology. You know, imagine, you know, the first days of LCD TVs or LED TVs, you know, how expensive those things were. You know, the... Uh, the prices come down eventually, but it's all relative. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And if you love it, you're going to shoot it and you're going to buy it. Uh, you know, there's people who shoot pack film. I can't afford that, but you know. Oh my God. That's yeah. That's, like, that stuff is crazy expensive. That is so expensive. I wish I could. I remember pack film and I love it. I actually, I, and I need to find where it is. I have a, a back when I was young and, you know, used to do a little bit of modeling and nothing serious. Um, I remember somebody taking a, one of those photos of me and I'm just blown away by the quality of it. It is just so beautiful. But I wish that if, if I could make a wish for something to, I know um, there was a Kickstarter, but you know, it's still just way out of my price range. I wish that that would be affordable. And even if it was expensive, like our Polaroid, but, you know, like I can do $25, $20. I can't do $80, $100. That's crazy. (laughs) Yeah, that's, that's a lot. Uh, But uh, you never know, that could be the next thing to come back from the dead. Oh, let's cross our fingers. <laughs> yeah. So uh, I guess going back to the Polaroid, uh, is there a favorite kind of Polaroid stock that you uh, that you have? Oh, I like, well, I have the Polaroid 600 and I like the SX-70. Um, both film stocks I really love. They're just both so different because of the ISO. And I use them for different things like the 600. I love that it has um, the flash right in there with it. And the and you you have a little bit more latitude with the SX70. I have to use my flash bar, which I have, but it's a little bit more just have to be a little bit more intentional about it. Where the Polaroid 600, you can kind of sling. I can throw it in my purse and. I don't need to put anything extra to get extra light. Um, that SX-70 film is, you need a lot of light for it. It just, you can't be in too many shadows because if not, it won't come out. No, and I, I think that's probably part of the reason why I didn't get along with uh, my SX-70. I, uh, it's it's probably definitely user error, but I just did not get good results at all. It's it is hard to get used to, and it needs each 
photograph needs so much light, Jake. I really, I, I wasted a ton of film learning how to use that camera. And right. oh my gosh, did I waste film? Like seriously. Uh, and I have finally, I think I finally have it down to where I, I put it on a tripod. I, uh, you know, and that helps a lot. Um, using a tripod with it is like, it's a, it's a game changer that and the flash bar, because if you're just out and about, it needs to be a really bright day for anything to really come out. I feel. Yeah, no, it's, uh, I mean, I've seen some absolutely amazing work done with the, uh, the SX 70 in particular, mm -hmm. but I don't know, maybe I'll have to give it a try again, but, uh, it was, it was kind of the thing where I got so frustrated that I wasn't getting good results that I ended up selling it, my camera, but uh, yeah, maybe someday. Yeah, I know. I, I love it. It's, it's one that I have to be a little bit more intentional. Uh, if I was going to just grab one to go, I think it would just be my Polaroid 600 just because I know that I can shoot it and get a good photograph in almost any light. Um, mm. So, you know, that that's really nice. But if I was, you know, if I'm going to go on a shoot, like I have a, I'm photographing a friend of mine on Monday and that's more intentional, I'll probably bring the SX-70 because... I have her there, I'll have my tripod, and I can look at the light and plan a little bit for it. Yeah, and it's, it's nice to, uh, to be able to control your exposure at least a little bit. Absolutely. And, you know, you can also get such crisp, beautiful photographs, too. Just the focusing on it is just remarkable. Yeah, you know the uh, the SX70 is really it's it's a marvel of modern engineering. It's it's the coolest camera ever, honestly. It really is a beautiful camera. So, do I use it all the time? No. Um, do I love it? Absolutely. That thing is phenomenal. <laughs> so yeah, you mentioned the flash bar. Yeah. So, okay, where do you get those anymore? Well, actually, I think it's um, impossible who makes it. My nephew actually gave it to me for Christmas, I think, last year or the year before. Last year? One of the Christmases from long ago. I don't know. Um, and uh, it's. I think it's – they still sell it. It's. Um, they made it for the SX-70. I think you can even get it on Brooklyn um, through Brooklyn Film. Um and uh, it's just a bar that takes a battery and it goes right in on top of it. And it is a game changer. It really helps you with the darker situations. You're able to at least use, utilize it in different lighting settings. Because if you don't have that, you're kind of like, you're out of luck. Right. And it's, it's not like the old school uh flash bar where you know you get you get five you know flashes and that's it you got to get another one 
No, yeah, it has a battery, so you, it's until your battery dies. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, sounds like a good setup. Yeah, no, it's wonderful. So have you tried the uh, black and white Polaroid film? I have. I love the black and white. It's so dreamy. Um, I love the, there's just a, a softness to it that is beautiful. It's like a black and white dream. Hmm. I might have to pick up some. You I only have color. You should. You would actually really like it. I think that I could see you really falling in love with it. It is so, so pretty. Oh my gosh, I hope not because it would be so expensive. <laughs> I know. It is expensive. But you know what? Okay, I'm going to rationalize it for you here. Okay. Now, how, how much is it where you're at, though? Uh, last time I looked at it, it was about $35 a package. Yeah, so up there you have a, a little bit more than we do. It's about $20 here. Yeah. But you get eight shots. Yeah, that doesn't seem like a lot, but you're not shooting it like you shoot your 35 millimeter. Honestly, a pack will last me all month because there's only like one situation here, one situation there that I'm going to be taking. And I know for $20, I spend that like on really dumb things. I spend 35 on really dumb things sometimes where I'm like, really? I didn't need to be spending all of, you know, I, I just, it sounds really expensive, but then you look at your miscellaneous expenses that you spend during the month and you're like, well, wow, I could have bought two packs of Polaroid film and had pictures to show for it. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you know, uh, you could you could make coffee at home for a couple of days and skip the Starbucks to to make up the thirty five dollars. Exactly, that's exactly my point. It's like you go to the drive through for coffee every, like you know, I don't know if you do or don't, but a lot of people do, and you know, you spend five six dollars per drink. <laughs> I would have to drive an hour to find a Starbucks. <laughs> <laughs> Stay home. Not apply to you, Sherry. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> You're lucky. It has too much sugar in those drinks anyway. <laughs> uh, I'll stick to the coffee bot at home. <laughs> yeah, I do too. So I make my own coffee at home, and that's why I buy Polaroid. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Yeah, uh, anyway, so um let's see. Um what else do we have written down here? So what is the one thing that draws you in to photography? Just one. Just one. Well gosh, that is a hard question, Sherry. Uh <laughs> Gotta have one hard one. Just one. You know, I would say, I would say that the one thing that draws me in the most is that, and 
film photography is my art. I love the flexibility with it. I love the different textures. I love that I don't put any wrongs or rights on it. If something comes out blurry and I love it, it's what I love. It doesn't matter what anybody else says. If it evokes a feeling, um, I like it. And, uh, and with film photography that allows so much and the, in the, um, and in that is the element of surprise where sometimes how many times have you shot through a role and maybe thought, eh, that's going to be kind of meh. And then it comes back and you're like, oh my gosh, I love this one shot. I, I can't believe that this is even in here. And that is a huge, just, that is what lights me up. It's funny yeah. you should mention that. Oops, go ahead, Jake. Go ahead, Jake. Sorry, sorry, Sherry. I was just going to say, okay. I, I think that's uh, that's the one thing that I really love about film, too, is it's just the unknown. You know, with a digital camera, you can cheat. And, uh, you know, in the case of a mirrorless camera, camera even, even like see your exposure before you take the picture. But it's it's, it's really quite fun to, you know, take the picture and have no idea how it's going to turn out until you take the time to develop. And if you do that at home, you know, do the whole process and scan it, you know, it's it can be really neat to see the final result and it'd be completely different than, you know, how you might have pre-visualized. Absolutely. Absolutely. And then not even and not knowing what I, I don't always know what tones exactly I'm going to get. I don't know. I mean, sometimes I miss so many times, you guys, I am not your technical film shooter that knows I, I do sunny 16, but I'm always messing up. I'm always taking a shot and like, oops, <laughs> overexposed that one. You know, <laughs> uh, you know? <laughs> but sometimes I like the overexposed ones. Sometimes I like that I shoot into the sun. Sometimes I like the flares. Sometimes, um, you know, it's just, like I said, it just gives you a feeling and that element of surprise is just glorious. I have to yeah. agree. I shoot into the flares and I do things that I probably shouldn't. You never know what you're going to get. No. And rules are made to be broken. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And some, some films handle it better. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I just, I believe in knowing the rules, but then breaking them. Yeah, rules are meant to be broken. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> We're just a gang of rebels on here, so. <laughs> <laughs> well, don't tell the film police, okay? I know. I, I, I don't think they exist. It's, it's <laughs> all. <laughs> uh, yeah. Oh, that's the so. glory about the club, the film club here, is that, yeah. you know. It is, it's all about having fun and connecting with each other and community and, you know, 
lovely people like both of you, Jake and Sherry. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Uh, so, so Roxana. Oh. Yes. Uh, we already talked about your book, but is there any other big projects that you're currently working on or stuff that you uh, might want to embark on in the, near, in the near future? You know, it's funny that you asked that because I haven't really talked about it anywhere else. Um, but I have been... Uh, I have been dabbling in, and I've only really written one, but I I do enjoy writing when I have the moment. And I just started an account on that website, Medium, and I want to start writing more articles on my film journeys, like film souping or doing different tutorial articles or interviews with other film photographers and um you know i i named it on my medium uh, uh the analog diaries so that just started and i only like i said i have one article the link is also on my instagram um link tree but i just finished doing a, an interview with my friend radcuff from um from the the Czech Republic and she is awesome. I we started to be friends in Loma, in the Lomography land. And uh, so I'm going to be doing that writing of her interview very soon. I I was supposed to do it like last week but then I didn't get the responses. They were lost and she sent them to me. So now I'm going to do them and I'm so looking forward to it. Yeah, sounds like a fun project. I think it will be. I th and it's more just about connecting with others and uh, and connecting the things that I enjoy to do and, you know, coming together as a community and, and highlight and showcasing other people's work because there's just so much talent out there. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. All right. Um, anything else that we need to cover tonight? Well, we have gone through a lot. I feel like we have gone through so much, but you can always ask me any questions and any listeners, you can reach out to me too. Um, like I said, if you have any questions on even my souping process or anything like that, don't hesitate to reach out. I do answer my messages on my Instagram. So I am happy to help anybody um, that asks. All right. So where can we find you on Instagram? You can find me um, at Roxanalog or my shadow account where I put all my black and white stuff, Galonixor. Okay. And Jake, where can we find you on Instagram and you any can, other socials? Uh, you can find me at Jake Rose Photo on Instagram. And uh, you'll see me from time to time in the various uh, Facebook groups. Okay. And you can find me 
at uh, Real Route One Film on Instagram, or you can find the podcast at Embrace underscore the underscore grain. You can also find me over on the Frugal Film Project. And I think that should probably wrap things up for the week. We've went through a lot. We don't want to make the show too, too long. So I guess everybody stay positive and... (laughs) Embrace the green. There we go. (laughs) I was just about to say and shoot some cool film photos like I'm used to. (laughs) You can't embrace the green. Just let's go shoot some film, people. (laughs) You bet. All righty. See you next week, people. I'll have a blue at Christmas without you. I'll feel so blue. It's just thinking about you. It'll be decorations of red on a green. A Christmas tree. It won't be the same, dear. If you're not here with me, and when those blue snowflakes start falling, that's when those blue memories start calling. You'll be doing all right with your Christmas up with you, but I'll be a blue, blue, blue Christmas. I'll be a baby, I'll miss you. Christmas, I'll be a blue, 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 blue Christmas.